Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Prophetic and practical. Informative and inspirational. How you gonna do better if you don't know what better looks like? I do. Come on, let's talk about it with me, the mind massager. Informative and inspirational. How are you going to do better if you don't know what better looks like? I do. Intellectual Come on, let's talk about it with me, the mind massager. I got to loop it one more time. Y'all go ahead, you go ahead and share this thread or stream if you would on your page. Can you hear me? Now I can. Your, okay. uh, your uh, lips are moving a little uh, uh, out of sync with your actual voice coming through. But really? No, that time it worked. Do it again. Okay. <laughs> no, it's still off a little bit. We're going to get it together. We can load. It's not how you're saying it, it's what you're saying. It's going to be more important tonight. So uh, that's what I'm excited about. Hey, Karen. Lady Karen. Hey, James. And hi, Faye. Yeah. Was that a delayed reaction? You heard me like, like uh, was that a delayed reaction? Because you like, I said, hey, Karen, you like, 
pay. I mean, I was like, it must be a delay or something. I don't know what's going on. Let me turn this football game off. It may be. Maybe a late break. Okay. What's up, Jimmy? I see Jimmy is in the uh, comments. Uh, listen, Ashley has been dealing with death of a couple of friends, so she had to go and help. Uh, oops, I'm sorry. Go and help with a uh, with funeral arrangements, but she will be here momentarily. Uh, let me let me back my camera up a little bit because it's all up on my face and I don't really like that close. All right, so um, no, now it's off to the left. All right, I'm trying to get used to my new setup. All right, so listen, uh, we are going to have a, uh, first of all, how was y'all's day? Y'all had a good day? Hey, you had a good day? You can see I, good? I did. I had a great day. You got the Wonder Twins situated for the night now, so you can have, spend the next. <laughs> yep, she she really does have Wonder Twins. She got Wonder Twins. Now, I don't know if they're situated, but. They don't have big time? They do. Do they? Oh. Yeah. The, oh. My daughter, she's always on time. My son, he sneaks and stays up to about 12 or 1. <laughs> oh, okay. How was your day, Karen? Everything was good with you? Everything was good with me. Good day. All right, okay, cool. All right, well, we're going uh, we to try to have, listen, everybody, hey, uh, good night, uh, cousin, my cousin Jackie. Listen, everybody that's in the chat right now, welcome to the Intellectual Student, where we try to spark everyday conversations, just conversations that, uh, that need to be had, uh, some that haven't been had, that need to be had, some that have been swept under the rug and we have these conversations with the hope and intent of bettering and strengthening our families because so many things that we don't realize are issues at all really are issues and uh, last week during our conversation what, what did we talk about aj nothing but number last week and somehow we got to start talking about how if a younger lady is messing with an older man and if her mother were to find out about it she could become somewhat jealous about it and possibly put the little girl out knowing that the girl is not prepared for the future. And then the girl ends up living with the older man. And then Faye suggested, Faye, uh, suggested that we possibly have a, sub, uh, a show about mothers who are jealous of their daughters. I'm going to be honest with you, Faye. When you said that, I thought that was ludicrous. I didn't think it made any sense. I, I really did not think that it existed, but I know that through your uh, your uh, psychology background or counseling background, I know that you 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 uh, address issues that we probably don't deal with on the daily. So what I did was, because I know you didn't think I was going to do the show that fast, but what I did was I put that question out on Facebook, and that's what I usually do. I'm I'm from the country, so my dad sometimes when he didn't want to fish or sit in a boat, he would set a trot line, and so and he'll see who bites that trot line. So I put that little trot line out on last Tuesday or Wednesday, and everybody seems to suggest that it is a real issue that mothers do, in, not only mothers, but parents become jealous of their children. Uh, mm -hmm. So I wanted to have this conversation tonight, and I hope uh, some people jump on. Uh, I hope some people jump on so we can really, really discuss this issue uh, tonight. Now, understand this as we get started. My aim, and I don't think our aim, is to bash or berate any mother. That's 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 not the intent tonight. Because uh, Karen is a mother, uh, Faye is a mother, Ashley will be on in a few minutes. Ashley is a mother. Uh, so I don't think that's the intent uh, to bash mothers. But instead, what we want to do is assist with the strength with strengthening the mother daughter relationship. Am I right? Am I saying that right, Faye? Absolutely. Okay. So, so in, with your background, what do you, what do you, I, what do you want to 
what do you want us to get out of this conversation tonight? Uh, just a better understanding of what we're dealing with, because sometimes a mother and myself um, included, I've been guilty. We don't realize some of the things that we may be doing to negatively impact our children. Um, mm -hmm. So that, you know, just to give a, a broader, you know, viewpoint, um, more um, knowledge of what can be done to correct that generational, um, I will call it a curse of passing it on from, you know, mother to daughter down to, you know, now I have daughters and some of those same, you know, traits that I grew up with, not as many, you know, I know at some point in time, you know, of rearing my children that some of that negativity may have, you know, passed on to them. And for me, I try to, you know, correct it as much as possible. So just to get a, a better understanding of how we parent our daughters versus how we parent our sons. Gotcha. And Karen, how many daughters do you have? I have four. You have four daughters? Yes. You got me beat by one, Karen. Back <laughs> <laughs> to you. I'm trying to get. Um, I'm trying to see the comments. I'm having that same issue well, again. That, well, right now, ain't no comments to see so far. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I, I went and looked at. I went and looked at the settings, and the settings say that you you should be able to see the comments. So I don't know why. If I hit can, the you see, can you see comments, Faye? Um, I, the last comment I see is from Jackie Gray. Good yeah, night. That, yeah, yeah, that, that is, that is the comment. That okay. is the I don't know why Karen has, has technical difficulties when it comes to seeing these comments. I hope, uh, I hope you, I hope you, I hope you can figure it out. I hope you can figure it out. So we're raising your, with, huh? Go ahead. I, I have four daughters and I have one bonus daughter or, you know, commonly known as a stepdaughter. So, yeah. Okay. And was it very important to you to make sure that you had that strong mother-daughter relationship? Absolutely. Okay. Very important. Yes. Yes. And, and 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 let me and let me set it up like this because um and, and y'all have heard me say this. Hey, you might not have, but you had been sick. You had, you just came on last week. But uh y'all hear me talk about in the past how uh slave masters sought to promote uh reversing the nature uh of, of male of how how uh women raise their children. They raised the we talked about this other day, I think how they raised their daughters to be psychologically independent and they raised their sons to be mentally weak, but physically strong. And we talked, I know we're going to, we'll, we'll add some different dynamics to that as we go. But what, what, what I wonder is, and this, this is kind of where, where I got kind of stuck today. Did, did that, did that psychological independence in a sense, did it backfire? Uh, and don't answer that yet. That's a rhetorical question. Did it backfire? And, and, uh, and instead of strengthening the mother-daughter bond, it kind of created an enmity between the mother and daughter uh, because now she's psychologically, you know, they, they use a term about boys, how boys sometimes smell themselves. And when they start smelling themselves, then they want to stand up to their fathers and all those things. So when you got a woman who uh, it has been raised to be psychologically independent and then a mother has to look at what she raised, is she content with what she raised? And I believe that most relationships are strong relationships. I do believe that most, uh, I, I believe that this doesn't happen more times than not. But the problem is, is that it happens at all. You understand what I'm, is that, is, does that make sense? And because, and, and because it happens sometimes, uh, a lot of times, and Faye, we talked about this, the mother doesn't even realize she's doing it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a expound on that a little bit for me if you would 
Well, um, if you're used to a certain way of, um, for instance, the mother being raised, if that was her way of, of being raised, that's all she knew. So therefore it becomes normal um, to her. And so she passes that on to the child. It's not until someone steps up and say, hey, you're not supposed to be treating me like this or you shouldn't you know, um, say these things to me that maybe that light bulb will go off and say, well, let me take a look at myself in the mirror. Okay. Only if they're willing to acknowledge that they're doing something wrong because some yeah. mothers don't you know, want to acknowledge that they're doing anything wrong. And that falls into the narcissistic mother. Yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna get into the narcissistic mother in a, in a minute. Karen, I I um uh, I put this question out here on Facebook the other day, and I, and and I put a real life scenario because I was in the barbershop, and this young lady, when I when I when I said that topic, this young lady said, "Oh yeah, that happened to me growing up quite a bit." And then we and I and I went on and I asked her a couple of questions, and those questions for you all that have, that go to my page, you can go back and listen to the interview. But I, you couldn't hear her real loud because I only know she knew I was recording. Uh, and my barber was talking on the phone at that time. But but she started sharing some things. And when she shared her truth, Karen, what kind of messed me up was I shared the video on Facebook. Then one of my friends on Facebook, and, and I know we're all analytical. We're all thinkers. I get it. But the first thing she said was, I, want, I would love to hear the mother's side of the story. She said, I would love to hear the mother's side of the story. And I said, I would, too. That would be great to hear the mother's side of the story. But can I ask you, Karen, what mother would admit that she's being jealous of her daughter. Do you do you think that's something that a mother would admit? Not op not readily, no. But one who understands that she is and really wants to heal her family, she will. I have had mothers to admit that and want to get help for their family, but they have to be in that frame of mind. They have to say there is a problem here, and mm -hmm. I want it to be helped. I want to be helped. I want to fix the problem that I created. Other than that, no. They we won't. <laughs> and Faye, and Faye, you said, "Go ahead." I'm sorry. You, we won't do it. Right. And and, and right. you're saying, Faye, also that if 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 it is in order for her to admit it, typically it has to be pointed out by a third party. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And because then you know, if a mother you know admits it, and we'll talk about it, it's because. She wants her child to heal um, because for me, I feel guilty when I've done something to one of my children and, you know, I, you know, I have to sometimes, as they say, eat crow and apologize or, you know, I've asked my what? children. You apologize to your children? Yeah. And I've asked them to come to me if I've done something wrong. Let me know. If you can't tell me, write it down. If you can't you come to apologize me, to your child. Black mother apologizes to a child. I can't believe that. Let me let me put this in quotations and <laughs> big bubble quotes and everything because you know and i say that jokingly but i'm really being serious because i think sometimes we really don't value our children's opinions we don't address their emotions uh we tell them that they're supposed to you know go through this and they're supposed to handle that and you know one day i had to have an epiphany with my little uh, she was 13 then she's 18 now and i had gotten on her heart about something and my response when i thought about it in retrospect I said, it's so unfair of me to expect her to know what it had taken me 45 or 46 years to learn. And so sometimes our, we, we make our children our casualty. 
and we think that they can handle anything. And we just don't apologize, even when we made a mistake. I remember a time with Trey, and I'm going to back up in a minute and let y'all ladies talk, because I know this, this is what we're going to do tonight. But uh, I remember a time with Trey, I never, and this is one of the biggest mistakes I made. Trey had played baseball the night before, and Trey was up to 12 o'clock, at, 12, 1 o'clock at night. They had a crazy game, right? Crazy game. And, uh, he, and he was in magnet school at this time. And so he had a big, a big project due, and uh, the next morning he said, Dad, can I stay at home first period to finish this assignment? And I said, no, you should have finished and get your butt on the bus. Da, 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 da. And I failed miserably because all I had to do was let him stay home another hour. That was the difference between an A and a B. You know what I'm saying? That was the difference of him going to school uh, full of anxiety because he know he didn't have his assignment done. A whole bunch of things I could have done. And I'm not even sure if I went back and apologized. I think I've apologized later in life. But to hear you say, that you, that uh, that you've apologized. That's good. I didn't mean to cut you off either because you were talking about how you apologized to your kids. Go ahead, do it. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> My bad. Go ahead. Jackie Gray says she apologized. Do you still apologize? Your, your kids are super grown now. You still apologize to them, Jackie? That's the Karen. Have you ever apologized to your children after you made a mistake? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people in the chat. Do y'all I apologize see, to y'all children? When I see, I want to know that. Huh? When I see stuff on Facebook, you know how people just post things and the the end result is negative. Sometimes I'll grab it off of Facebook, send it to my like, did I ever make y'all feel this way? Did I ever do it to you? I want to know. We don't, we're, as parents, we're not always right. And we have to understand. And so, yeah, I, I still apologize to my is Melody, is Melody your daughter? Uh-huh, yes. Well, she she just said my mom does, so she's validating what you're saying right now. Oh, uh, my baby. Said, your baby. Oh, she said my mom does apologize. So good. So that, that's good. That's a good thing. Melody is and 30. children, huh? Melody is my thirty-two-year-old. Melody, okay. And and children, if if any children are listening, listen. Parents do apologize. We we make mistakes. A lot of parenting, believe it or not, is OJT. It's on the job training. And some of us get it real wrong with the first couple of children. And then, oh, by the, yes. and then we kind of get it right with the middle, middle children. And then by the baby child, some of us are so tired that the baby child. I don't even know. care. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> you do, I know my eight year old, she can do what she wanted to do. We didn't gave up on that little joke right there. She, no, no, she graduated. Uh, she's about to graduate because she's uh, graduating uh, in December. So I'm excited about that. But uh, but but I, but I know my child is emotional as she is. If we mess up, the one thing that we need we have we need to do and we'll and we'll make her melt is to apologize. But I think so many children, I mean so many parents uh assume the role. Because like, we talked about this other night, uh Faye and Karen, I want you to get your thoughts on this on this too. In a minute, we're gonna jump into the uh four reasons why a mother might be jealous. But Karen, I want to get your input on this. Hey Willie, how you doing? How you doing, my cousin Willie? Oh, my, my family's on tonight. That's cool. Uh but listen. The Bible says, train up a child, right? Train up a child. Hey, what's up, Shante? In the way that he should go, and he would not depart from it, right? When he's old, he won't depart from it, right? But there's another part of Scripture that Scripture says, and I think we get that part wrong. We say, train up, we say, it also says, provoke not your children to wrath. And when you start talking about provoking, that means doing things that's just really out of me, that's not even necessary it might be tough love for a child that's not, hey, Lisa Kirkson, it might be tough love for a child 
that doesn't respond well to tough love, you know, and then, and then I mean, it's always berating words. It's always challenging that child. It's always trying to push them in another direction. And if you're pushing them in a certain direction and it's not working, seem like you need to reapproach and try this thing again, right? Because we end up provoking our children because I see so many relationships between parents and children that are damaged in their older age. I mean, parents, I mean, children leave home at 18, 19, and some of them don't never come back. Right. And that's a bad situation. I mean, mothers, it would be a sad indictment to go through life and have all of your adult children live life and never be in, in the house all at the same time. Never come home for Christmas. Never come home for Thanksgiving. Wow. And part of the reason why they don't come is because of how they were treated in their in their youth. Right. As a as a forty nine year old man, I have some things that were done to me in my youth that still affect me to this day. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember how I was treated. I remember what I what was done to me, and it's been hard to get it. So. I can only imagine with this softer, and because it is a little bit softer generation than it was when we grew up, you know, it's different, different. I can only imagine what kind of relationships are going to be damaged here in the future. Hey, listen, right now, everybody that's in the chat, do me a favor. First of all, say hello. Let me know you're there. Uh, second of all, if all of you all would just take a quick second and share this thread, then we can get more people in on this conversation. I see we got Michigan in here. We got Little Rock in here. Dang. We got Pine Bluff in here. There's a couple of people that are texting me to say they can't comment. Tell them they're on the intellectual stew page. Uh-huh. And that's and how they can't they're, right. Tell them, to go to, tell them to go to my intellectual stew page on uh on uh, YouTube. On YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, go to the same intellectual stew page on YouTube. Okay. Or, they, or if they send me a friend request, I'll add them. If I know who they I mean, if you tell me who they are, I'll add them. Well, my daughter is one. My page is public, so they should be able to go to my page, Faith. Okay. If they spell my name right. Okay. If they, if they spell my name right. Y'all say hi in the chat, please. Don't be don't be a stranger. Don't be a stranger, because we we're getting ready to do four reasons. Uh uh, why a mother might be jealous of her daughter, and then we're gonna get. Well, we, but we're trying to get some people on. Hey, Latrice, hey, Latrice, that's my friend, Latrice. Latrice, you, Latrice, you have three daughters. Commissioner, hey, sweetie, you got a son, but you got nieces and nephews. Yeah, tell them to come to my page, and uh, and I because I want them to communicate. I'm here on the business page. Who is who is I'm here? It don't say who the name is. It just says I'm here. Uh, but yeah, if you, my name my name is I'm gonna put my the spelling of my name in the chat, and you can go to my personal page because it is uh, a public page, so you should be able to uh, commun communicate there. But you have to you have to spell my name right, or you won't get me. That's how you spell my name. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get it wrong. You ain't, you won't be getting me. You gotta spell my name right. You gotta get to spell my name right. You gotta spell my name right. All right, so let's do it. Y'all ready? Because I wanna. Your favorite sister. Oh, my favorite sister. I ain't got one. Hey, baby. Just my little kid. All right, cool. So, uh, all right. So, this is what I want to do. Four reasons why a mother might be jealous of her daughter. So, here's the first one. Let me put my first banner up. Uh, it is because she is a narcissist. Faith, do me a favor. Give me a real good, educated, uh, uh, PhD version, thumbnail 
definition of what a narcissist really is. And let it, let that be our working. Uh, oh, Ashley, you no, you need to come on on the screen, Ashley. I thought you were talking about. <laughs> no, you need to come on the screen. Hey, Pamela Gray, who is that? Okay, all right, go ahead. Give me a definition of a narcissist. Okay, a narcissist is it's a pattern of self-centered thinking and behavior categorized by a craving for attention and a lack of empathy for others. Um, a lot of people get this confused when a person is self-centered or just have this grandioso, um, you know, logic of self-importance, they automatically say, oh, that person's a narcissist. But mm -hmm. no, according to the DSM-5, which is, um, uh, it is a diagnostic and statistical manual for mental disorders, you have to fall uh, you have to have five symptoms of the nine to be considered a narcissist. So someone okay. that just thinks highly of themselves is not a narcissist. Um, okay. I can give you a couple of um, the symptoms, a sense of entitlement, no form of empathy, a desire for unwar um, unwarranted admiration, grandioso logic of self-importance, um, resentment of others, or a wow. conviction that others are self resentful of him or her, a display of egotistical and conceited behavior or attitudes. So you must have at least five symptoms of the nine. You can't just have one and say that person is a narcissist. Okay. That's, that, that's good because people, uh, seem like people learn how, since people learn how to spell that word, well, I ain't going to say spell it because I, I had a little trouble with it today, but uh, since, seem like since people have learned how to pronounce that word, and that word along with toxic, those are two words they use to describe everybody. Everybody. Like they think. <laughs> or somebody that's a little off in mental, you know. So in order to be a true, and, and, and Faith, tell us again, you're working on your PhD in what area? Clinical psychologist uh, specializing in family practice, you know, family, children, um, and also trauma. Okay. And you told me the other day you had a situation where a mother was 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 uh jealous of her daughter's uh academic achievements mm -hmm. is that what it was uh-huh academic you and just overall the growth of the young lady you know maturing as the mother you know is aging and may not see herself in the same light that she did maybe 10 15 20 years ago her daughter now is you know, beautiful and, and, you know, slim. And she was having a hard problem with that. And her daughter, you know, straight A student, her daughter, very active um, in school. And she just stopped doing things for her daughter. She stopped taking her to school. She was like, I'm not going to take you to act, you know, after school activities, you know, figure it out yourself. Really? Mm -hmm. And so how did the daughter, how, how did the daughter respond? Um, of course, I mean, she kind of reverted inward. Um, what did I do wrong? Because, you know, once your parent, you know, someone that's supposed to protect you, um, mm -hmm. someone that's supposed to expose you to things and make sure that your life is better than theirs, because my kids growing up, the one thing they probably heard every day is I don't want you to be me. I want you to be better than me. My job is to expose you to everything I possibly can that's within my reach so that you are a better person. Um, because I don't have to live through my children. I've lived my own life. I just want them to strive and be the productive adults, you know, um, that they should be. That's good. Now, you, you just said something that, that uh, 
created a little controversy this week on my show. I mean, on me, on my questions. And so, you know, and, and, and you know, what we got to understand is that lenses are powerful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And everybody don't look through a lens and see the same thing. So when you don't limit life by only looking at your lenses, that needs to be on a t-shirt though. Don't, don't limit life by only looking at your lenses because when you look at something, that's not the only way to look at it. Now, you just said, I didn't raise my daughter to be me. And Karen, I'm going to ask you that this question is going to be for you in a moment. You say, I don't raise my daughter. But so many people say that I'm raising a mini-me. I'm raising a mini-me. I raise it. And I put that question out there about being, don't limit your child by raising a mini-me. And one young lady, she said, well, all that means is that, that, that that child might look like me or have some of my memories. No, that's all that meant to you. <laughs> but it means something else to a whole lot of other people, right? And so, and, and so, and with that being said, if I ask a question or if I put something out there, it's because it's come to me and I'm not, I'm not looking at it just one way. I try to look at it from all four sides and maybe another side if it's there, right? So Karen, as you were raising your children, because one of the signs of a narcissistic mother is what, what Faye just said, living vicariously through her daughter. You had four daughters and a bonus child. Did you ever find yourself trying to live vicariously through your daughter? I mean, you were a cheerleader, so they had to be a cheerleader, or you know, did you do you see us? Have you seen yourself doing things like that? No, <laughs> no, I have not. But I tell you this: I believe when our children see us being happy, a lot of times they will want to do what they have seen their mother, grandmother, father, grandfathers do. Because, uh -huh. and ironically, ironically, I didn't raise any of my children to do hair. I have been doing hair since 1986. However, my bonus or stepdaughter does hair. Uh, three three of my daughters have hair licenses. So they will, when they see you are happy, do they will pattern themselves after you. I never told a single one of my daughters that they had to do anything related to hair. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very talented. A lot of people know my kids. They're very talented with a lot of other talents, but they still chose to do what I do, even though they do other things. So, but no, I, I've never tried to live my life through them. And I think it's a misfortune for mothers to do, but I definitely feel when your children see you are happy with whatever it is you do. Because being a hair, hairstylist, a lot of people will look at me and be like, you a hairstylist, but well, this hairstylist has taken care of me since 1986. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know hairstyles hair, hair that make six figures plus. So I mean, I know, I get that. I'm just saying. That. So, you know, see us being happy. I think our children want to be happy as well as we're happy. And as long as we don't try to force them to do anything, I think they will pattern their lives after their parents uh, to a certain degree. But do, should they be forced? Never. Absolutely not. No. And I and I, I know you. I know you are. Uh, I've been watching your posting journey forever, Faith. And you you got one that's a chef, celebrity chef. You got one that's a she won a national championship at Ohio State in running and track and field. You got a daughter who we got another. You got twins. One of them is commissioner of the county. Another one is a phenom in baseball. So when I'm saying that to say that they're all diverse, they all do something different. So if you're living vicariously through your children, then you must have been super well-rounded as a child or else you <laughs> took a chance and let them grow in the direction that they were going. 
No, they had to grow in the direction where they were going um, and especially having girls because I didn't want that resentment um, because there's enough pressure with the mother daughter relationship. So I never wanted to press my children to do what I was doing. You know, my first whew, got, for the past 30 years, I, I'm also in finance. You know, I have a degree in finance. So I was in, in finance for years and I would actually push them away from finance. Uh -uh, this is not what you want to do, do something else. But, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter came to me. Um, we were, you know, um, you know, trying to get her registered for college when she was about to graduate. She came to me I, out of the blue and said, I think I want to be a chef. And I was like, where is this coming from? And she was like, I don't think I want to go to college. But I've always told them, you don't have to go to four-year college. You don't have to go to two-year. You can go to trade school. Um, you have to do what's for you. Mm -hmm. Just because I went to college don't mean you have to go to college. So she went to culinary school. Um, she ended up you know, doing her internship in Turks and Caicos. And that's what she wanted to do. And very happy for her. You know, now she's, you know, um, also she works for uh, Delta Airlines. And then, of course, you know, Sahara, my middle daughter, she's a lawyer. Totally opposite of what, you know, I did. But my thing is they had to figure out their own life's path. And I couldn't do it for them. My job is to be here to hold their hands when they fall, to, you know, pick them back up, you know, to give them the tools, to, you know, give them the guidance but not for them to live, you know, not for me to relive my life through them because of something I didn't achieve when I was younger. Is that why they do it? Because it was something that they didn't achieve or is it something, I mean, wh why, why do you think that? Well, look at fathers. They push their sons in football and basketball because they never went pro. So now they're trying to get their child to go pro. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the same with some mothers, you know, if they feel like, they didn't accomplish whatever that goal was, you know, like you said earlier, cheerleading. Hey, now I want you to continue to cheer because I cheered. None of my children play basketball. I played basketball from the time I was itty bitty, even in college. None mm -hmm. of them, like, they all sucked at basketball, <laughs> but they found their own path. Okay. And, and that's the key, you know, and that I always, and hey, people in the chat, I thank y'all all for listening for real. Uh, like I said, if everybody would please share this thread, we can get this conversation really going. It looks like we're on the way. I got Miss Ashley G here now. What's up, Ash? Hey, Ashley, what's going on, y'all? How y'all doing tonight? We're doing good. Now, we're, we're uh, everybody's doing good. We're talking about four reasons why a mother might be jealous of her daughter. The first one was because she's a narcissist, and now we're starting to talk about some of the signs of a narcissistic mother. And one of the, the first sign was living vicariously, one who lives vicariously through her daughter. What do you do, Ashley, uh, to, and, I'm, and I use a term that I don't like to raise robots. What do you do to avoid that whole thought, uh, that whole idea of maybe raising robots, but instead pushing your child in the direction of what she's passionate about? When you say raising robot. Mm -hmm. Uh, can robot you have to be programmed. They don't have brains. Oh, I got you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So your robot okay. does what you program it to do. Um, my child um <laughs> is on a totally different path than uh what I was. Um, my mom was a little bit stricter 
than I am on my daughter. So there are things that she gets to experience more of that I wasn't able to, if that makes sense. So I allow her to make her own, some of her own decisions um, uh, while still trying to guide her um, in the right path, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's perfect sense. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question too, Ashley, because you've been you behind, so you got to catch up on your question. Okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna ask everybody else in the chat. This is sorry, weird. I'm late, y'all. No, 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 no. We we know what's going. On. Hey, everybody, pray for Ashley. Ashley has two people very close to her uh, that that have ex that has experienced uh, uh, that passed away. So she has been <laughs> trying to help us arrange funerals and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm I'm. So no, Ashley had a pass, but she came on, and I appreciate her diligence. But I want to ask this question. To everybody in the chat, as well as the people on the panel, because we're talking about living vicariously through your child, that means that you probably had something missing, and you want to make it up in the next go round, next go round. Can I ask you this? Do you trust your children enough to make a mistake, even when you see them about to make the mistake? But because they thought it out, it was their plan. Do you trust them enough to make a mistake? I want that's the question for the people in the chat right now. That's a yes or no question. Do you? And if you want to expound on it, please do. But do you trust? Because living vicariously through your child sometimes will prevent them from making the mistake that you made. But making the mistake that you made has actually made you who you are right now. So, Ashley, do you trust your child enough to make a mistake? Yes. Um, and sometimes when she gets to doing certain things, I may ask her, why? Why did you choose to do that? Good question. Um, That's a good question. And when I ask her, and sometimes she'll pause for a minute, and it's almost as though she already kind of knows, mm -hmm. based upon my questioning, that it may or may not be uh, the right thing to do. But I always pose the question, why did you think that that was the right thing to do? That's, that's good, Ashley. That's good. Yeah. And, and what that does is it, 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 it opens up a dialogue. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. I mean, uh, for instance, if I, if, I, if I send somebody some directions, right, long before the GPS came out, and and I and I, well, and I'm talking them there. If I know landmarks, I can get mm -hmm. you to me, right, because mm -hmm. I can talk you through it, right. Mm -hmm. But I won't know that unless you say, "Hey, I'm right here by the Seven Eleven, right here on the corner." Mm -hmm. But if I don't talk to them and know what they're doing, then I can't correct those mistakes. Let's let's listen. Let's see what some of the uh, commenters are saying. Karen, uh, Anthony McCreary said. Definitely want my kids to find their own path in life. Partly why I don't have nor want a junior. Oh, that's interesting. He wants his child to have their own name. My son has my name, but he definitely has his own path. That's interesting. Good, good, uh, good answer, uh, Anthony. Uh, Janet said, because I asked the question about do you trust your children enough to make a mistake? Uh, she said yes, but it's hard when you know what the outcome would be. And my only response to that, Miss Murray, would be you knew you lived through it. <laughs> And if you live through it, you gain. There's nothing like the power of experience. When Paul even talks about in the Bible about experience, he says experience is what helps make patience. Mm -hmm. It's an order. You get experience first, then you get patience, and then patience ends up making this perfect work, right? Because I've been through it. Now that I've gone through it, I know I'm able to go through it, right? And so that that that's what's key and critical. Uh, let's see what Pamela Gray said. Pamela said, and I, I appreciate everybody's listening. Like, uh, okay, Pamela said, mistakes are opportunities to develop and grow. So many times 
we don't want our children to touch the stove. I was just you know, about to say that. Oh yeah, but if they touch that stove, <laughs> they, they feel that heat. Yes. They think twice about it. Yes, that was the, same page. Same page. Uh, and I was just gonna say, I'm tell like that was my exact thought. We yeah. tell them so many times. Don't touch that stove. Don't touch that stove. Don't touch that stove. And honey, that one day we turn our back, they touch that stove, and we ha we never have to revisit. Don't touch the stove. Again. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say, Karen? Okay, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the devil's advocate. Your, no, your, that question trust <laughs> your child enough to make a mistake. Um, the devil's advocate, I'm gonna say no. Okay, mm. but however. We know they're going to make mistakes. We love them regardless. But I, as a parent, this is my, I cannot see my child about to make a mistake and say, I love you and don't warn you. You a grown man. We are other, everybody else on here is adults. If I saw you about to do something that I knew was dumb or stupid, I'm going to hurt you or give you an outcome that you're going to still have to live with 10 years from now. I'm going to tell you. Now, what you do after I tell you is totally up to you. It's not going to change my love for you. It's not going to change how I feel towards you or anybody else that may involve. But I, as a parent, could not sit back and see you going in a particular direction and don't tell you. So my, my viewpoint was a little bit different. No, I couldn't trust. Now, they made mistakes. You, A lot of y'all know my children. They made mistakes. I knew they would make mistakes. But the mistakes I knew they were going and you were going in that direction. No, nah, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not I cannot sit back and see you going. No, nah, I couldn't. No. <laughs> what about you, babe? What about you, babe? Um, I would I would definitely tell them. Um, because as a parent, um, you know, we're supposed to guide our children. Um, I would tell them if I saw them going down the wrong path. However, if they choose to continue down that path, they have to learn that lesson. We can't coddle them because if we always put the pillow down to keep them from hitting the ground, they're going to be dependent. They're going to always look for someone else to give them the answer. And being an adult and always asking for the answer we've done something wrong mm. and that's coddling when you coddle a child to keep oh. them from making a mistake they right. have to make mistakes that's the only way they're going to grow as an individual can i say this right here and and it's ironic that this experience was with a female telling her mother this statement i'm about to tell you uh there were some things that happened in this in the young lady's childhood and this is what she said to her mother. She said, but you were the parent. You were supposed to know better and you didn't tell me better. That's so why you have to tell them. I have to tell them. And then after that, they're, you know, adult age or whatever. Some people, like you said, we put them, we put them out at 18 or 19. You know, they have to live with these decisions. But I still feel it is our responsibility to tell them. And then after that, after that you know, hmm. Hey, I, I get it. Oh, you gotta lay in it. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I, um, and I, and I'm probably I don't know if we're talking. I mean, I, it, I guess I guess it's case by case. Uh, do me a favor before I say what I'm going to say. Actually, read what Amir said right quick for me. Hold on now. Uh, <laughs> you find your child, but leave the door open. We can't hear you. Them, uh, to you. make their choices. If that choice ends up being a mistake, it only. Validates. Hold on, hold on. Keep going. 
read the rest of that because I don't have my glasses on and it's getting alert. I got you. But leave the door open for them to make their choices. If that choice ends up being a mistake, it only validates the notion that mom and dad know what they're talking about. That's good. Um, that's good, Amir. Appreciate you. Amir always comes on with good stuff. I can't wait till we start our. We're gonna start another show soon. Uh, yeah, that's good. And listen, there's no right or wrong. Now, now the way I'm talking about doing it, I did it with my son like that, but I handled my son totally different. And and my son, like I, I never will forget. That was a chance time that uh that he was uh. He, was, he had to make a huge decision regarding his baseball career, his second year of college. And when he called me, one thing he had done, say, before the conversation was he had had a long, thought out, drawn out conversation with himself. And he had really thought this thing out, right? So when he called me, first thing he said was, Dad, I was thinking. Now, when he said, Dad, I was thinking, I stopped listening. I'm going to be honest with you. I was done. I, whatever I was doing before he started talking, I went to doing that. And so he went through his whole little spiel about what he was thinking and yada, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I think he, and I hung up the phone. And then he called back, Dad, but what do you think? I said, don't matter, you thought. And I left it alone. And he, and, and I, my thought process was, you live with that decision. Because guess what? There's not only one answer to anything. <laughs> that mean, I mean, like right now, I live in Atlanta, right? And if I want to go to Birmingham, I could jump on I-20, that'll get me there faster. But I can also go up 75 to Chattanooga. That would be stupid. But then jump on 240 and 24 and then come down 50. I can go a whole other way. It might take me four hours. But it's a lot of ways to get to the same thing. The, more, the thing that I want my children to get more than anything is experience through whatever situation it is. So whatever. So I'm, so I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but I get what y'all are saying. Now, I think if, it, if I say he's going to get hit by a car, I'm not going to tell him to go out there and get hit by a car or something stupid like that. But that's kind of case by case. Let's uh let's look at some more of the somebody said that's a great point, Faye. That's why you uh, talk to your kids, Shante said. Janet said, let's be clear, life mistakes, not detrimental life mistakes, hurting people, breaking the law. Exactly. That's that's why I'm at. I'm that's why I am with, I'm with you on that, Janet. But life mistakes, I'm gonna let them bump their head and keep on moving. Um Anthony McCreary said, the best thing that ever happened to me was my mother cutting me off. I learned how to grow because but I didn't have a choice. Okay, so everybody is different. Everybody is different. Let's let's go to the next the next sign of a narcissistic mother. And listen, those that weren't on at the beginning, we are not bashing mothers. Our topic is what uh, mothers that are jealous of their daughters. And one of the re the first reason why she might be jealous of her daughter is because she might be a narcissistic mother. Uh, Faye, let us know at the beginning of the show that in order to be a narcissist because so many people throw that term around so loosely in order to be a narcissist there are five of nine categories can you give those to us again right quick because we got a lot more people on right now uh, oh, give us okay. nine categories one more time please grandioso logic of self-importance a fixation with fantasies of um infinity control brilliance beauty a credence that he or she is extraordinary and exceptional, a desire of unwarranted admiration, a sense of entitlement, interpersonal oppressive behavior, no form of empathy, resentment of others, or a conviction that others are resentful of them, a display of egotistical and conceited behaviors or attitudes. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to get those from her tonight or tomorrow, and I'll post those on my page tomorrow. And we'll have all nine of those. And in order to be considered to be a narcissist, they are studying that psychology right now, getting a PhD in that area. So 
That's why I really want her on the show so we can so the people can get some good healing words. Uh, but in order to be a narcissist, you uh, have to have five of those nine categories. Uh, my big sister said something I want to read right here. She said, trusting them to make a mistake is trusting your teaching. At some point, we have to lean and trust on our teaching. I, I agree with that. And Lisa has raised five daughters, five daughters. You got to I mean, I, I believe that's by biblical, train to trust. You trust to train. You train to trust. Go ahead. Come on, devil. Come on, devil's advocate. Advocate again. My Come mother, on, devil's advocate. My mother's 92. And I still need my mom. I still talk to my mom about stuff that I deal with. And I will until the day she dies. She will forever be training up her child. I am her child. I don't ever want my kids to feel like they are. They have reached the age. I don't care if it's 56. And now I can't ask my mother a particular question about anything. I, I, don't, I, don't, think nobody, I don't think nobody's suggesting that, Karen. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm just saying that you, you, you that they, they can stand on they can't they if they we trust them enough to stand on their two feet but we don't have to all I mean my door is open you can come to me whenever you want to you feel right. what I'm saying but if you don't I'm cool you get it that was kind of what I um was going to say my daughter's 14 and uh, we have gotten to the point where um I had to force her in a sense to kind of make decisions on her own because I told her if you don't ever if you come to me for everything you're a smart individual you don't have to come to me for everything because there are things that you have learned you've learned right and wrong so you don't have to come and react those things because there's going to be a time where I'm not going to be here exactly. there's going to be a time that I'm not going to be around you to make the decision you can't always pick up the phone if you're you know two hours away and say let me call my mom real quick and see what she what she gonna say she has to be able to make those decisions and i don't want her to get 14 to me is a great is in my opinion is a good age i don't want her to get so far gone that she don't know how to function in the world on her own so uh miss lady karen you were saying we just like you know uh james was saying yeah you can still go get some sound advice from mama you know at the age of 92 and what how old you said uh lady karen you was 35 um you can still get that like <laughs> You can still get that uh, that uh, information from her, but I know that your mother has taught you enough stuff for you to be able to, you know, stand on your own two feet. But you may have to go back and revisit some of those topics to get, you know, just a little bit of uh, reassurance, maybe. That, that, that's it. I've never been fifty six before. My mother has. Right. Right. So there will always, to me, there will always be some things that, as long as she lives that she has experienced that I haven't. And uh, again, everybody's not, you know, not in that place, but I love the fact that her door is open and I can go sit on her couch, you know. At least I could before COVID. She let me come now. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think you're arguing a different point, though, because I mean, because nobody's not saying what, what, you're, what, what you're saying. Because, I mean, I'm still going to go to my pops right now. Uh, uh, Carmita Barnett mm -hmm. just said something. No one is saying that. She's saying if you train and raise your children right, you can trust they will make the right decisions. Sometimes their choices might not be the best, but they won't grow from the experience. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, like I said, I mean, now, if, am I the little <laughs> devil on their shoulder or the little angel on their shoulder instead of saying, do this, do that, do that? No, I want them to make their own decisions. Okay, let's move, let's move on to the next time. That's, 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 that's good. You know, first, first sign of a narcissistic mother that she lives vicariously through her daughter. 
But the second one is, and uh, and you can start off on this one for me. Uh, for me, say, uh, is superficial praising. Superficial praising. Uh, can you can you explain what superficial praise praising is? Um. Well, when it comes to the praising of um praising of your daughter, um, a lot of times behind closed doors, the mother will put down the child um, with whatever they're doing. However, if that child accomplished something, let's say, for instance, you know, winning a spelling bee, a science, you know, fair, uh, my daughter ran track, you know, her races, winning her races, all of a sudden in the public's eye, I am taking full credit for yeah. what she has done, but I was the one behind closed doors putting her down. Yeah. And that's superficial that's praising. So that's taking all of the credit going back to one of those characteristics, symptoms of being a narcissist, you're taking credit for somebody else's work. Wow. When all along you weren't there to support that child the way you should have been there. Yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, Ashley, you want to add anything to that? I don't. Uh, Sister Faith, uh, Dr. Faith has done enough. <laughs> but and, and, and that's what it said in the, in the notes. Uh, a lot of because I know parents that are post their children on Facebook to talk about, but but won't compliment the child face to face, you know, to put that comp, you know, put them out there and to, to say, look what my child did, uh, you know. But I put you, know, the child don't even look at Facebook because children don't do Facebook. Children do everything they do Instagram, <laughs> Instagram. They say Facebook and all people and all this other stuff. And then, but we put them on Facebook talking about their accomplishments so that everybody can say you're such a great parent. Or that you did such a great job, or you did this or whatever, and that child is is suffering inside. That child can care less about you posting them on Instagram or posting them on Facebook. They want you to come and literally put your hand on them and say, "Hey, good job," or whatever. Or when I make a mistake, you know, praise me when I'm down. You know what I'm saying? Give give, give me something to lift me up when I'm having a bad day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's what I was talking about earlier with that whole OJT parenting thing. As a good parent. You're going to start noticing some of your children's characteristics. I used to get on my children in the morning until I realized that they just wasn't morning people. So if they're not morning people, how can I expect them to wake up having a good attitude? So actually, what did I do to adjust? Instead of just coming in at 7 o'clock trying to make them wake up, I, I go in their room at 645, turn on the light, and say, hey, wake up, and then walk away. Mm -hmm. And let the light do for the next 15 minutes what my voice would do that would end up making them mad, getting them up with an attitude and all that type of thing. I mean, you know, because we got we give these children superficial praise. And the sad part about superficial praise is that superficial praise is just that. It's superficial. And they can tell when it's not authentic. And when it's not authentic, they children start to hold grudges. That's why I'm really big on that whole piece right now. Provoke not your children to wrath. You can prod them. You can point them in the right direction. You can do all of that. But when it comes to provoking them and provoking them to wrath, where they're sitting up at night thinking bad thoughts about you, saying, I can't, the saddest indictment is when a child says, I can't wait to leave your house. Because some of them are leaving and are never coming back. That's what's going on. They're leaving and never coming back. And we got to figure out how to make them, uh, we, we, we have to make them happen. Cynthia Williams said, I've seen this done by my by my sister with her daughter. 
and son. We run them off. Want to be so tough. Want to be so hard. My, my, I never forget my ex-wife. Uh, one day my son was having me. You know, we still were learning. He wasn't a morning person. And she jacked <laughs> him up against the wall. I mean, jacked him up against the wall. And I said, oh, don't do that. Why not? Let me handle that discipline part. <laughs> Let me get that one because he's going to need a hiding place because I'm going to put my foot so far up his butt <laughs> you know, over these next nine, eight, nine years that he's going to need somebody to hide, somebody to hide to. Or somebody. And now they have the best relationship in the world because I started taking on those types of roles. That's a balance that has to be had. We got to have a balance. They can't just always be berated, you know, and then uh, and taken down and, and talked down to all these times. And then you talk bad to them all year long, all week long, all month long. And then as soon as they make a straight A report card, then you want to put it on, the, on Facebook. My child got a straight A. My child did this. My child so smart. But you didn't want to encourage that child uh, in, his, in your own home. You let the whole world know, but you hadn't wanted to say anything to them. I That's think I think um, some of the way that people parent now is based upon how they were parented. Okay. And so, and not realizing that this generation that we're dealing with is a di whole different generation um, in which they deal with different things on a different level that we didn't necessarily have to deal with. Um, you know, whether it be bullying, uh, whether it be your sexuality, whether it be um, wanting to uh, harm, cause harm, just a whole lot of stressors that they deal with that we didn't have to deal with. And I think that because I had to make an adjustment in my parenting because I was parenting like my mother and not saying that my mother was not a good parent, but there were some things that I, it's almost like the do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. That had to go out the window. Because you can't effectively, uh, to me, you can't raise somebody on do as I say. Now, what, where is the example? You know, Absolutely. you want to try and set an example, but then it's like, well, I'm out here cussing, fussing, you know, blowing up stuff, stealing. But then I want you to lead the, the path to righteousness. I want you to do that. And so I think that and if people don't make a conscious decision to examine the way that they're doing, then um, or nobody ever calls them out on it, then um, they can't make the proper adjustments to it to be able to not be like their parents. Um, for my child, one of the things that I try, I wanted to do was listen to her more because um, she has an opinion. Just because she's a kid doesn't mean that she doesn't have an opinion and have a voice, whether it be about her life or something else. And so instead of trying to hush her, I started trying to listen more to what it was. And so I think that <clears throat> because some people have not learned to transition and change their way of parenting, they think that we have to be like our parents. We're super strict. You can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. These kids can't be uh, confined to the house like uh, we might have been confined to the house because that sends them into a stage of depression because, and we may not want to talk about God and, and the enemy, but the devil is attacking our youth because they can't get to the adults. And so if I can get to the kid, then I can cause whatever confusion and discord inside of the household. And ultimately I'll be able to get to the parents. And that, that that's a whole nother story, but that's kind of my opinion on it. Mm 
That's a good, that's a good, you said some good stuff in there. And say, let's 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 pick out a nugget of what she said. Do you find that a lot of the parents that you, that you deal with in, in your counseling <laughs> sessions are they do they have the do as I say mentality? Uh, oh, I, absolutely. Especially okay. um, especially our generation. Um, mm -hmm. Guilty finger up. Guilty of that. Um, because I have a very strong personality. And I expected my daughters to have the same personality that I had, and they just didn't. So then it became, okay, well, since you're not as strong as I am, just do, do what I say, just follow, just follow what I do, but not giving them that room to grow and, you know, come to me and say, well, I don't want to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So it took my daughter, you know, pointing it out. It's like, okay, mom, you know, it comes off as controlling at this point. Um, it's like you're controlling, you know, everything that we do. And I had to take a step back, look in the mirror and, you know, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, I used to write my daughter's letters, apologizing. What did I do wrong? Let me know so I can correct it because I am that person that if you tell me, oh, I'm going to make a conscious decision to make a change and make things right, because these are my children mm -hmm. and I don't want anyone else out there. <laughs> trying to parent my children and they may parent them in the wrong way. Maybe. You know, they are an extension of me. And um, without my kids, I mean, my kids are the most precious thing in this world. And for me to not, you know, give them whatever they need for me to not be there to support them, for me to not be there to listen, to love them. Who am I as a mother? You know, what type of mother am I? You want Karen, you want to add anything to that? I, I definitely agree with everything she just said. I can't add anything to that. I, I even put a big smile on my face. <laughs> that, that, but, that, but you know what? But you said something that's key, and that was my point with the mini me post the other day. I think sometimes we we want to raise ourselves because we're afraid of losing control and them but them becoming who they want to be. And I had nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? No. And, and it, isn't it interesting how roses, because they grow so wild, they're planted in a box? But the interesting part about them being planted in that box is they can grow any way they want to within the confinements of that box. And I think our children should be given the same liberality. Uh, now, my son is 23. My baby is 18. Parenting him is totally different than parenting her at 18. Their mentalities are totally different. He was baseball. He was structure. Even through college, he would if he had a syllabus, he would finish all his assignments two, three weeks before the semester was over with, right? My baby, she's like me. I'm finishing the paper on the last day. <laughs> you give me a 10-page paper and a rubric and tell, and tell me I got to have seven sources, and I promise you, I'm going to start about 9 o'clock that morning, about 12 o'clock, 11.59, I'm going to probably be in the field check, and I'm going to be sending that thing through. But I'm still going to get an A because that's how I roll, and that's how she was. So, you can't parent those children the same different same right. way. And then you get upset when you see a different avenue to get to that outcome. All I'm mm -hmm. looking for is the outcome. As long as that 3.8, 3.9 come through, I could care less how you got that 3.8. As long as you wasn't cheating and doing all that kind of stuff, you know. But that's being able to, as my sister Lisa said a minute ago, trust what you trained. That's mean because I trust my training. I ain't gonna lie. I do. I know. I know. I put stuff in them because one day my daughter was writing a paper and she said something about my dad. Uh, my dad always calls me a thinker. Yeah, 
You're right, because I want you to process that thing from the front, from the back, sideways. These lenses are, are, bi are bifocals, right? But I, I can only see what they allow me to see. If I take them off, I can't see as good, but I can still see, right? So that's how life is. We got to look at life through lenses, and then uh, and we see what's on the other side of those lenses. Y'all, we have not gotten through any of my notes tonight, so I hope y'all are let me part through this thing again next week if y'all are available. We might end up playing with the time a little bit because I know I got several other people that want to get on too and they say it's just too late here in Georgia. Um, and uh, D. Carlos Tepper, if you can't add nothing to the conversation talking about this this lovely screen, he said, yeah, he said, all this lovely on the screen, we need more ladies nights. I get it. We're going to have some more ladies nights too and they are lovely. But, uh, leave, leave, my, leave my friend alone. All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna give one more one more character sign of a narcissistic mother, then I'm gonna move on to the effects of the narcissistic mother on our daughter. This is one that I that I thought was kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, critical. Is excess dependency. Uh, that's when the mother is excessively dependent on her daughter, and so therefore, because she's excessively dependent on her daughter. Then you want to explain that one for us, please, ma'am, or you want me to you want me to keep on explaining? Well, for the jealousy factor is it's actually the daughter being dependent on the mother. Um, okay. The mother tears the daughter down so much to where she can't think on her own. She can't make decisions on her own. So then the mother feels this sense of you can't live without me because you have to come to me for everything. And that's the breakdown of the the independence in your daughter. Okay. Now, uh, on, on, on the article, it said uh, many narcissists want their children to take care of them emotionally, financially, or physically that, for the rest that's of their when life. They get, that's when they get yeah. older. Yeah, when they get older. Okay, okay. You have to develop and foster that first. Okay. And that's usually later on in life because okay. then they feel like you owe me. You know, you owe me something. Okay. Um, and we don't, I, I mean, as a child of my mother, as my children of me, my children, I tell them all the time, you don't owe me anything. That was my choice to have you. That, And so as a mother, I have to make sure that, you know, you are raised properly and give you the tools. When you become successful, if you choose not to do anything for me, that's fine because you don't owe me anything. However, if parents, what they don't realize is if you've done all that you could do for your child, within your means, you've loved them, you've nurtured them, you've guided them, they're going to naturally take care of you anyway. Right. You don't have to ask them for anything, but a child doesn't owe you anything in life. Right. Absolutely not nothing. I, I think you see that happen a lot um, with uh, parents who have either um, been on drugs or make their children feel like they made all of the sacrifices out in the streets for them and so i think they play on their emotions especially if they were if they're trying to get a relationship gain regain a relationship with their long lost you know mother maybe they was raised by the grandmother and so now i'm trying she may have been given up so now i'm going to play on the emotions of i've gotten this really you i'm here and i did all of this stuff out in the streets for you and so i think you see a lot of what miss fage said with people who um, may have experienced some type of trauma that ultimately resulted in their children not being with them. <clears throat> that, that's, that's really, that's deep to think that uh, 
that because I, I had my grandmother, I'm not, my, I, but I don't think it was out of narcissistic behavior. It was just probably a fear more than anything. But I remember my my one of my my her youngest daughter. Cause my grandma, she probably has probably 20, 25 years difference in ages or whatever. But my my her, my my youngest aunt had an opportunity to go somewhere way off to college. And my grandmother was like, no, you can't, you can't leave me. You can't go that far. You know, now she had plenty of other daughters that would be there to take care of her. So it wasn't about her worried about taking care of them. It was just more so anything that, more so than anything, just her letting her leave and go to California, wherever it was that she was wanting to go. But let's, let's move on. So let's look at the effects of a narcissistic mother on her daughter. Let's look at the effects of a, a narcissistic mother on her daughter um one of one of which says that the relationship doesn't resemble anything like traditional love it doesn't uh it doesn't enter, uh uh it resemble anything a narcissistic mother her relationship doesn't resemble anything like real love it's because the daughter feels like she's fighting uh she seems like she's fighting a constant losing battle and she spends most of her childhood feeling confused, alone, or frightened. And I've noticed that when we see children that are experiencing these types of characteristics, why is it that a lot of times the parents yell at them? You know what I mean? I've seen they yell at parents and be like, uh, why are you so quiet? Why are you not talking? Why are you not doing this? And that child could be literally. Have you have have, have you seen that before? Hey. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. What, I mean, because a child without speaking out loud is really crying out. <laughs> because the more you're yelling at a certain point, you become that Charlie Brown to that individual because they don't hear nothing you're saying. All they hear is womp, womp, womp. And in their mind, they're saying, "I can't wait to leave your house." <laughs> and when I leave your house, I'm never coming back. And I promise one day you ain't gonna be able to yell at me like this. And if and if anybody else yells at me like this, I'm gonna they gonna get it. I mean, am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I I think the yelling is just another another way to control. Okay. Control the child. Um, you know, speak when I say speak. Be quiet when I say be quiet. The child may not want to speak at that moment. You may have a child that's an introvert. Um, I, my children are all over the spectrum. I'm very outgoing. Um, mm. I have, you know, my oldest daughter, she's a little shy, but, you know, she can be outgoing. The twins are both introverts. They're mm. so different. Um, my middle daughter, um, when she's out, she's the life of the party. However, she also has that side where she wants to just be alone, leave her alone. She needs her quiet time. So you have to figure out, you know, your child's personality. You can't expect them to. It's almost like talking to a dog, you know, bark when I say bark, you know, type thing. No, leave your child alone to process their thoughts at the moment and then go back and have a conversation. Okay, well, explain to me why you're quiet. What's going on? You know, did I do anything? What happened at school today? It could be something, you know, going on at school. Mm -hmm. You know, but because when you constantly yell at a child, guess what they're going to do? Shut down. And they're not going to tell you what's important. You know, and then you end up finding out from someone else and, you know, you've shut that door for that child to be able to come and talk to you about anything. 
You know, I have kids that, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, God, you're telling me way too much information. You know, keep some of that to yourself. But, you know, I've had relationships where they did. They came and told me things that I may not necessarily wanted to hear, but I needed to hear. But you have kids that are afraid to even say anything to their parent because the parent has created that scenario. Wow. Created that scenario. And they create that scenario over time. Because when you look up and the child is 15 or 16 and is a total recluse, you know, and just quiet in the room all the time, you know, with the lights off and always on the phone, always closed, but 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 as happy as I don't know what when they're at school or as happy as I don't know what when they're around their friends, but then they shut down when they come back. I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen before. And I think, like you said, that atmosphere has been created uh, by the mother or by the parents or whatever. And we never work. So at what age do you think we begin to lose them? Oh, that's hard. That depends on the child. Um, you can, you can start lo- yeah, it depends on the situation. You can start losing the child at around eight. And then others you really? may lose at, you know, 15, 16, you know, right at that ninth, 10th grade when they're trying to establish who they are, you know, and figure out who they are as a person. But you can lose a child as early as eight. Imagine, you know, if you're always fussing at that child from the time they are two, by the time they're eight, you're looking at six years. They start to shut down and you can lose a child that early. Wow. That's deep. I would say, um, I definitely agree with by eight, but I would say a little earlier because once they start going to public school, whatever that means, whether it's a four-year program or kindergarten, when other influences start coming in, Absolutely. they start making a decision on who is going to have That's the greater That's so good, Cameron. drifting off, you know, at that time. That's good. And that's, and that, that's, Ashley, were you going to say anything to that? Uh-uh. That, that's good, Karen, what you just said, when other influences come in. And that, I think that's our job or should be our job as parents to insulate them enough and to strengthen them enough within so that when other influences come in, if they're adverse influences, then our children should be able to recognize the, I think the new thing now is the red flag. Our children should be able to recognize those red flags and say, Hey, that's against my parents teaching or that's against, but that's only when that, when we've taught them in love, I think there is a very, very, very fine line between discipline and abuse. I think sometimes what we we uh we, we what we call discipline oftentimes uh can be guised under the uh, umbrella of abuse because we if you're not disciplining in, in love if you're not disciplining uh with an out uh, with an expected outcome that's going to make that child better uh but instead it's going to make them bitter then I think that that can be quantified as abuse abuse and a lot of our children have been abused I abused I saw a little boy one time at Walmart he was about, he had to be two, and his mother was about 21, and she was just jerking him around and yelling at him and hollering at him. And I said, man, I said, baby, quit, please quit doing that little boy like that. This is my baby. You don't tell me how to have my baby. That's not just going off me. I said, yeah, you're right. I said, you're right. I said, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to raise him to hate everybody that looks just like you. <laughs> I said, and when I said, and one day somebody want to fight, I said, well, I said, and one day, because he can't go upside your head, he'll go upside her head. So go ahead and set the precedent now. And she shut up. She's like, oh, oh. And I, but I, I, I didn't know it, but I felt compelled to, uh, to, to, uh, try to advocate 
for that young boy. Some of y'all in the audience, I mean, some in the chat, what, what do you all think? I, I gave you all what I thought the effects of a narcissistic mother on her daughter. How do you think a, a narcissism affects our children or our daughters? If, we, if the parent has narcissistic behavior who have five of those characteristics that Faith mentioned a few moments ago, um, uh, how do you think that that narcissism affects our daughter? And then I have another question for you all in the chat. Do you think, and this, this, this is a quick yes or no question, uh, do you think narcissistic parents or narcissistic mothers, do you think they hate their daughters? Because I'm sure a lot of those children feel like their parents don't like them. But that's the question I want to ask the, uh, the people in the chat. That's a yes or no question. Do you think that narcissistic mothers hate, not hate on, but hate their daughters? That's the, uh, that's the question. Uh, so the first reason we talked about tonight, why, what are you who's here to say something? I was going to add, but my question may be similar to what you just asked. And this may have been asked before I got on. Okay. Um, does a air quote controlling parent, um, oh, I guess this would be narcissistic based upon what uh, Miss Faye was uh, reading for our definition. Are we wanting to control our children or are we wanting to, uh, uh, and like I said, this may have been asked, I said, are we wanting them to do better than what we did? Um, and it may come off as I'm trying to control your life. I just don't want you to go behind, you know, I, and I see this a lot with parents who may have had children at an early age. I had a child, not me, but I'm saying I, a person had a child at 15, but they don't want their child to have a child at 15. So I do things to try and channel you or lead you in a different direction then. And it wasn't that my mom, my mother might not have been a, it wasn't that I'm, I don't want to say my mom because it ain't my mama, but that pet, that ch the the person who had a child at fifteen, their mother may have been the best thing since sliced bread, but she just allowed you to be a little bit more free. Or mm -hmm. you, your mother would had a tight, you know, uh, rope on you, and you just was just being disobedient, and you know, kind of got caught up a little bit. So is it that we are trying to, or the person is trying to control? Or is it, I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made? And I guess this goes back to something that may have been said earlier when I jumped on. Hey, you want to talk about it? I mean, that's a fine line. Um, <laughs> because it really is a fine line between control and redirecting them so that they don't make some of the same mistakes. Um, for instance, I've told my children, I had my oldest daughter at a young, I consider it a young age. I was 22 years old and I was still in college. And over the years, I talked to them. It's like, enjoy your life. Enjoy your 20s. Um, don't, and not that it was a mistake, but just don't have a child early on. Um, so that gives you opportunities to get yourself together. Uh, you know, I, I was young. So was it controlling? Because it's like, okay, well, who is this boy? Where are you going? What are you doing? You know, because in the back of my mind, I don't want you to repeat the cycle. And so mm -hmm. I have a 29-year-old, no kids. I have a 26-year-old, no kids. They're enjoying life. So the things that I did to prevent them from not having a child early on. And, you know, for me, I had to stop school and then eventually went back to school and it didn't stop me from doing what I needed to do because I'm working on my PhD right now. 
Uh, but it did delay the process. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted them to to enjoy and, you know, and mature um, and not be a young parent. So, yes, in a sense, you can look at it as I kind of controlled the situation, but it was really looking out for them, you know, at the same time. Okay, Janice, uh, Janice, uh, she said that was me. Now, Janice and, and those in the chat, I really appreciate you all for your transparency. She said that was me. I was a teen mom at 15. And it was, and that was the worst fear for my girls. Worst fear for my girls. She didn't want them to go through the same thing that she had gone through. Jo Miss Joy Flag answered the question about uh, do, do, the, do I think the mothers hate the daughters? She said no. I don't think those mothers hate their daughters. I think they might hate themselves and feel that the daughter might be better than them. Uh, so that that that's something, and that, that, uh, and that is the correct answer. Okay. They don't okay. hate their they don't hate their daughters. They hate themselves. Okay. The it's almost like having do. a looking at. Uh oh, sorry. Oh no, you're fine. I was just, I, <laughs> I was just saying it's almost like your daughter here. Yeah, I think y'all kind of touched on this as I was jumping on too. I, you got a flat bit. Your baby got a flat belly, honey, and I mean she over there looking like you got that coke bottle thing, and you over here looking like the whole two liter. And so her face, I mean, y'all y'all look alike, you know, on the face. And they be saying, you look just like your mama. Well, back back in the day when she had she had that same body. And now I'm over here looking like, ooh, I, I, I'm envious of what cause my child got this body that I had back in the day. And I'm still working on the baby fat. And she's 16. 16 years later, I'm still trying to get rid of the belly, the baby fat. And so... Yeah, it, it 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 happens. I mean, it's it, sometimes and and sometimes it's it's much more extreme than 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 others. Sometimes it's you know in a joke and playing way, but sometimes it 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 can be a uh, sickening thing. Wow! Oh, hey, can you read that? Uh, can you read that answer? Uh, I have a friend who whose mother blames her for stealing her youth. Okay. I would say her mom feels resentment that her daughter has grown to be everything wow. she didn't accomplish and more. Wow. Well, how her mama still, how she, she didn't tell you to go out there and, uh, that part, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying that how she still your youth, you chose that. Wow. But you and know, that's but, the you know, part, but that's, that's, the, that's, that's a person that wants to blame someone else. Uh -huh. um, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, maybe not in your mothers, but other women is they want to play the victim. Uh -huh. No matter what happens in life, it's, you know, if I approach my mom and tell her like, hey, this is how you made me feel. Then all of a sudden now you're playing the victim. It's like, oh, well, that happened to me. So the tables turn back to you. You're the victim. We're not talking about you. We're talking about how you made me feel. And so a mother sometimes always want to blame the child. Like um, Carmita just said, blame her child for taking her youth. That was your decision. Now you're the victim and you're blaming your child that now you have to parent. And what happens, I feel like also is like, I know a lot of people ask me, my daughter's 15, the 14, she'll be 15 next month. Don't you want to have some uh, more kids? You got you a babysitter right there. I said it's not my child's responsibility exactly. to babysit my child. I mean, exactly. And 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 I I'll say this: my mother was a good mother, but I am the oldest of three. And when Mama went to work, I watched my brothers and sisters. Not that I had, you know, I don't, 
I don't hate my mom or, you know, I'm not angry or anything with her, but I don't want to put that type of responsibility on my child mm -hmm. to have to watch her sibling because now I want to live my best life while she's sitting at the house watching a baby. No, that ain't what you got you a babysitter now. No, I don't. That ain't what she didn't have no baby. She shouldn't have to babysit somebody else's kids. Absolutely. No. No, 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 no. Come and that's one of the misconceptions of having older children thinking they supposed to watch your if you waited and got fast and did whatever after 15 years you're gonna have to sit at that house with that baby and watch your own kids while your child go out and live her life because she ain't got no children okay <laughs> and there's a difference between helping out because we're a yeah. family yeah. versus this person is now the second mom yeah, wow. absolutely. Or the first one, because the mama ain't being no right. mama. Right, or the first one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Go ahead, Karen. And you were talking about having to sit at home. That's even if you are married, because my oldest wow. is 38, my youngest is 20. So even though you may have a husband, sometimes you still need to be at home because it's not the older children's responsibility to take care of the younger baby, younger child. Wow. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. Yeah, this is good. Hey, Carmita, let me ask you a question because uh, it's interesting that you say you have a friend who's like that. Does your friend have those open conversations like that? Because, say, we were talking about this the other day. You know, the people that were having these conversations that we would know that were kind of challenging somebody they wanted to hear from the mothers and all these things, the women that are realized that they were being hated upon or jealous, the mothers were being jealous, a lot of these women are older now. <laughs> You know they're they 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 are able to process. These are not little twelve and thirteen and fifteen and sixteen year old uh, women who are doing this. These are women who are in their thirty five, forties, and all this kind of stuff, and have looked at life in retrospect and was able to see some of those deficiencies that took place growing up. And some of them, it has affected the mother daughter relationship to this day. I mean, I, I talked to a young lady. I mean, when I put that question on Facebook. I probably had four or five people jump in my inbox real quick and start telling me. And some of their mothers have passed away. You know what I'm saying? They went, they, they passed away and they didn't get a chance to get some of those things right. Carmita said, yes, she's very open for uh, to sharing her story to help others. Hey, have her contact me because we're going to do this show again next week. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now because I'm only on point one and I got about <laughs> two or three more. All right, so listen, I'm going to go to point number two right now. Ladies, I'm going to back up. Uh, Ashton, I'm going to need you to facilitate because I need to listen on this one right here. Uh, the second point, I'm going to put it on the stage. Whatever you want. You know you're my help. Jesus is my help. When Ashley's not here. So, uh, <laughs> well, so let me ask you a question before you go. To, right, go uh, to your, I'm sorry. To your next uh, thing. Oh, not ask a question. Make a statement. When, okay. people, when someone said um, um, about... Uh, how the mothers are versus then. One of the things that the mothers are doing now that they were not doing back, well, that they were doing back then, that they were not doing, they did not allow their children to speak. If we were, if they had been asking questions back then, like we try to ask questions now, and if you're not doing that with your child now, I ain't got no PhD, uh, but I'm sure uh, <laughs> Dr. Faith would uh, agree. If you are not asking your children any questions now and allowing them to have open conversations about the opinions and the feelings that they should have, whether it be male or female, you should implement that. Um, 
because it changed me. Now I ain't saying that I listen to everything that she got to say and take, you know, go with what she's saying. No, but I listen will. to it. <laughs> I hear it. I consider it, and mm -hmm. I make the judgment as to whether or not. Oh, okay. You know what? She got a point. Or you know what? That's bullcrap. <laughs> and I may not ever say to her that's bullcrap because it's still her opinion. But I'd be like, no, mm, you know, I tried, and I'm not persuading her thinking. But this is why that's not gonna work, or why that shouldn't work. And so that's just, you know, before we get past that, I want to encourage people to do that. That's good. That's good. All right. So we're talking about reasons why moms get jealous of their daughters, or might get jealous of their daughters. The first reason was because she's a narcissist. Yeah, I'm gonna let you have this, Ashley. What second reason? <laughs> See, I'm not in menopause. No, you're talking about you're gonna lead a discussion. You're gonna lead a discussion. <laughs> you could not be a menopause at 30, whatever, 35. Yeah, yeah honey. Go ahead. But that's one of, okay, if you don't want to lead it, that's one of the reasons, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but hey, is that one of the reasons? It is. And that's really just the changing of the body. Exactly. Yeah. Is the changing of the body, which we've touched on a little bit earlier, is, you know, when you start to go through menopause, um, you have the mood swings, you know, the sweats, your body, you're gaining weight, losing weight. You just don't have that figure that now maybe your 16, 21, 25 year old has. And it's almost like a competition um, because it, it is real. A mother daughter competition in a mother's eyes when she is a uh, when she's jealous of her daughter. So Karen, you fit. You know, you said you you gave us your age. I ain't gonna say it, but you gave us your age. <laughs> you know, I almost did. I caught myself. Miss Karen looked like. Wait a minute now. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Yeah. Oh, so, but so there are actually women who, because they still got a little body left and still look a little good, that will actually compete with their daughters for their men and all that type of stuff. Oh yes, absolutely. I, I, you said it still got to look good and got a little body left. They might not have body left. No, and huh? What you saying? And they still <laughs> compete with their daughters or any other person that if they see the man and they like him and they want him, they gonna go for him. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think that we need to be very mindful of. It's not only a delicate situation for us but our children our girls are aware of this because sometimes their guys are guys that are interested in our daughters will mm -hmm. say to them like oh your mama's fine or you yeah. know they will, yeah. they will make these comments to our daughters and so mm -hmm. i got it all in high school without without us knowing it can start be you know a little wedge starting to draw there oh, absolutely and so we have to be very mindful of when you tell you see your daughter's attitude changing hey are we good is something is everything okay you know because they're our first concern not oh joe over there that's you know yeah, okay that's yeah yeah i got that all in high school miss uh lady k and i wasn't necessarily jealous of my mom i just thought it was disrespectful for them to be talking about my mama like this. you will not talk about my mama being fine come out girl i could be your stepdaddy you got one more time to say that but <laughs> You sure wasn't no sideline jealousy a little bit? I don't know what they was doing, but you're not finna talk about my mama like I'm not here. Like, I was ready to fight. It ain't had nothing to do, because I knew my mama looked good, and she did, you know, still look youthful. 
but you being real disrespectful. And it wasn't even necessarily the boy that liked me. It was just the boys at the school just had something to say mm -hmm. about my mom. Mom, don't come up here no more. That's kind of how I was like. <laughs> about to, yeah. I'm about to get, get the fighting, okay? <laughs> well, we have to be mindful of that because our first priority should be our daughters. And but if you know they like the dude and he's saying something about your mama, you know, that can especially as old as my daughters are, you know, they I have their own lives. So that could you just gotta be mindful of that. You gotta be mindful of it. Let, let me read this paragraph uh from my from my notes. It said the daughter of a jealous menopausal mom should be patient and compassionate. <laughs> According to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, hormonal changes during this stage can make a woman irritable and depressed, and a daughter therefore may need to turn to an aunt, a grandmother, a friend, or, or somebody like that for support during this time, because a mother is uh, going through is struggling and sometimes might not be emotionally available for her daughter. Is that real? I mean, I, mean, I don't. I get. I, I didn't make I it. I agree now. only to I'm a small to make extent. It to <laughs> to a small extent, because if that mother's going through menopause and she has the mood swings, that's on that mother to right. go and seek whatever counseling she needs. That's not on the child to pacify I, I, her I, because I she's that. going through menopause. That's not on her. That's not on her daughter to make that right. Especially if she waited, you know, and her child is still younger, you know, and she waited to have children. Now your, your 10 or 11 year old got to deal with you over here acting a monkey. No, no, that's, 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 yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. That's cool. I think, I think, um, sometimes we make, we make a lot of excuses for different stuff that we should be able to try control to, you know, to control. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Be with her. How long? How long have women been going through menopause and still had <laughs> other children? So yeah. why, why is it okay for us now? As uh, Ashley just said, act a monkey, a whole monkey. Yeah. Because we're going through menopause. No, yeah. I'm not going yeah. there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. I well, disagree with that article. Because I, I disagree with that too, but I don't understand menopause like that either. I ain't gonna lie. Like I said, my, my you, 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 had, you done been through a midlife crisis. I'm sure you have. Men no. have some form of a of a menopause, just like y'all yeah. have some form of um the monthly. And I'm not saying men be acting because I think somebody put up a post about this, and honey, it you went crazy. Half a piece thing, but I'm but I what I'm saying is, is men do go through times where they are a little bit more emotional during the months than normal. But what I'm saying is. Yeah, me and do they have their time. Y'all ain't out here. <laughs> <laughs> the next time it happens, I'm going to point it out, okay? I'm not going to do it. I'm trying not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all see how I'm fighting this joke. Because you keep on talking about, I don't know nothing about menopause. I don't know nothing about You might not know the men, you, and you see it say up here, men know pop. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, men know pop. <laughs> men know pop. Right, you're right. Men know pop. Ladies in the chat. Ladies in the chat. I want y'all to be y'all now hold on, hold on. Ladies in the chat, and y'all want y'all to be hundred percent transparent because y'all have been transparent so far. If you have hit that stage, and I ain't gonna just say menopause, but even that time of the month, do you find yourself raising your children differently during that time? Like do you not want to be bothered? Do, are you a little bit more irritable? Or are you a little less patient? Are those I mean, do you find yourself raising your, your parenting style changing because of what's going on in your body at this particular
particular moment. I'm, I'm, I'm asking that question to the ladies in the chat, to Janice and Joy and Carmita and all of those young ladies that are in the chat. Do you find yourself raising your chin? Ask I'm asking you that question. Do you find yourself a little less patient? I know you're not at the menopause stage, but uh, I hope not. But uh, but do you find yourself raising differently during that time of the month? I guess. Uh, I I do, and sometimes I have to tell because I my level of irrit I, I'm more irritable, okay. and so I do say to her, hey, you know, Asia, you know, right now just let me have a moment, as mm -hmm. well as we have some daughters that have gone through or are going through the same thing, Definitely. and so they have times where they don't want to be bothered, and we have to understand mm -hmm. that too. Same way we don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be bothered. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to accept that as well. Now, when I was growing up, I probably couldn't tell my mama, I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> but good. the fact of the matter is, sometimes she bothered me. And so I may ask my baby, am I getting on your nerves? And she might say, um, just a little. <laughs> but she still is able to express right. herself enough to say, without being disrespectful, yeah. mama, I don't want to be bothered. So, yes, I do parent a little different. I don't want to be bothered. I don't probably want to cook. I'm buying, I might buy you some fast food and I may come home, shower, and I may go to bed. And, you know, we had those moments. It don't make us, you know, no bad people. No, not at all. And, that, <laughs> and, and, and I think, and we said something before you actually got on. And uh, Faith, actually, Faith said it. Faith said that if I'm parenting my child and I do something that's offensive to them, because sometimes in while you're in that psychological state, you might do something offensive. But mm -hmm. they said if she does something, she's quick to apologize. Mm -hmm. And I told her that that's something that's probably a lost art, especially in a lot of our homes, is apologizing to our children. Because sometimes we view our children as chattel <laughs> instead of children. You know what I'm saying? Or, just, or property or whatever, you know. And so uh, if you found yourself actually doing something like that, or you, or you got like a little snappy or something with your child, would you apologize? Yeah, I do go back and tell her, you know, I apologize for, you know, how I did. I was X, Y, and Z. And I was going to say, you have to apologize without blame. You can't say, well, I apologize, but you such and such, so and so, such and such. Right. So, it's not you an know, apology. It's not. So I, I, I try to. Just making an excuse. Yes. Yeah, I try to. And I'm not perfect. But I try to make a conscious decision to say for it to be my apology. I apologize. I, I apologize for doing X, Y, and Z. Now we may have a visit down the line to say, you know, the other day when I asked you to do X, Y, and Z, this is what happened. I may talk about, it, but I don't want to give a I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. that but I always somewhere up in there. <laughs> that's, that's not really an apology. That's an excuse. Exactly. So. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Faye? Have you found yourself parenting differently during different times that might, I mean, during that might be I don't, I don't parent different. I just kind of step away. Um, when I know those levels of frustrations, you know, starting to rise, I'll just step away, go in my room, recoup, get a glass of wine, whatever I need to do. And then I go back and revisit whatever, um, you know, we're talking about or going through at the moment. But I don't parent differently. No. Gotcha. And that's what Carmita said. She said she doesn't raise her daughter any differently, but she is more irritated. So she has learned that she might, her daughter's learned that she might need her space for a day or two. And I, I think that that's good. Uh, and you, like you said, uh, Ashley, you brought up a good point 
uh, you might be going through your time of the month while she's also going through her time of the month. The only thing is you have a little bit more experience mm -hmm. with going through that time of the month. So you still, I think it's kind of a challenge to, you know, put your feelings or your emotions in the back pocket for a moment mm -hmm. just to meet her immediate need. Mm -hmm. and then you got to kind of go, you know, uh, certain things I know my parents didn't let me see. You know what I'm saying? Because those were adult things. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, uh, my, like I remember I was, I was raised by my dad and my stepmom. Uh, I never saw him smoke a cigarette, but if I walked in the bathroom after a certain time, I could smell a cigarette. You know what I'm saying? And my dad, he would be over in the corner pouring a beer in a big plastic yellow cup, but I would see the crushed cans. You know, it was things that he didn't want me to see. And my point is, even with you being a parent and you're raising a daughter who's gotten to that age now of, of puberty where she's getting ready to start having those cycle or whatnot, and you're older, you've gone through those, even though you're irritable, a good parent. It's going to say, you know what, hold on, baby, let me make sure you straight. Let me make sure you got this. Let me make sure you got that. And put on that face. And then go there and all of a sudden you might be in the bathroom throwing up five minutes later, but you had to get them through because you got to let them see you at your, I think, I think it's, you got to let them see you at your strength. And you know, it ain't nothing wrong with letting them see you vulnerable at times, but when they're weak and we're both weak, I can't let them see me. Like I got to, I got to let them see me at, at my strength. What, uh, let me see what Joy said. Hold on. Joy said, my daughters are 29 and 22, but when they were in the home, our cycles typically synced up. So we stayed out of our, out of each other's way to keep it peaceful. Okay. So that's that. And y'all, and y'all learned to do that. Y'all learned to do that. What did, uh, I, I didn't read. Uh, okay. Janice said, women are starting menopause as early as 35, haven't experienced menopause, but going through life changes make you parent different. From coming out in the streets, the club, going to church, learning life experiences, dating, mood swing, depression, but the foundation is set and I'm standing on it. That's true. You parent against the conditions, whatever parent with the conditions, whatever those conditions are. Yes. Your parent, yeah. yeah, your parenting style does not change. I've watched Janet. Janice is cool. I mean, Janice is cool people. I mean, she goes to our church and her daughters are grown. But and, and, and but Janice can talk any type of language that you want to talk. If you want to talk street, she'll talk street with you. If you want to talk spiritual, she'll talk spiritual with you. But her her demeanor and her mannerisms, for the most part, don't change. And she's all about uh, imparting and depositing in children's lives. She does that on a major, major scale at Jackson Memorial Baptist Church. So, um so with that being said, uh, she's in menopause might be one of the reasons because she's going through a certain change physiologically while her daughter is also going through a change. But her daughter look a whole lot better than she might look right now. And she's having to remember what was or who she was as opposed to who she is now. And so those can call that can definitely cause some some uh, issues. She can have family. a whole different build. She can. Be built like, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants, and the, my daughter could be built like her daddy, folks. And so she got all of the, you know, the right things. And so now she got all the right things. I'm like, put, go put you some big sweatpants on. Don't you put on them jeans. Now you gotta, and that's another thing. Insecurity. These kids be kids. And what I mean by that is, no, I ain't saying you gotta let your kid be out here with they. You know, they, you know, looking like hoochie mamas, but mm -hmm. let them be children. 
you know, if I know my daughter, she likes shorter shorts than I was able to wear when I was growing up, but I'm still allowing her to now they ain't up in her booty. But if she wants to wear her shorts not down to her knee and maybe a little bit up, I'm allowing her to be a kid. We don't got to dress these kids like they Mother Teresa. Now that's just my opinion. People might not, but I feel like a lot of people feel like um clothes make a child. That's not how that, you know, it's almost like if we um well, these kids, if you let them wear this stuff, they're going to be out here doing it. No, that's not what. A clothes don't make you do nothing. Allow, Let the kids be kids. You was able to be a kid, so let them be something. Now, th again, that's my opinion for, for me and my would, would either one of you ladies like to respond to that? What she just said? I, I will. I definitely agree with that. My, Like I said, there's a, both my oldest and my youngest are both girls. And how I parented the older one um, is the younger one is so different than our parents and the older one. Because y'all got weak at the end, Lady Kay. No. We got to regroup. My, my baby girl, and I mean, I put this out she sings in the club. Okay? And she sings on the plane scene. So I'm going to have a problem with that, but she does. My mm -hmm. daughter, she couldn't wear pants to church on first Sunday. Other Sundays, yes, but all. So I'm just saying there's a big in between there. There has been a lot of growing and flexibility and things. But, you know, sometimes my mate, my baby girl, she's getting up in the morning, going to see in church, and I'm still in the bed. <laughs> so hmm. I'm just saying you got to bend. You got to bend and. But you got to keep that door open where you can always, your children always know they can come to you and you can talk to them and yeah, all that. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. I do. I, do. I agree with you on that. Lady K, when y'all got to these young, because I'm the oldest of three mm -hmm. and I feel like, baby, I got everything, okay? <laughs> everything. My sister, now she ain't wild, but she, she's, she's a lot more vocal with my mother than I was. I'm 35. I think the closest I got to talking back to my mom was in a text message, and I promise I was scared <laughs> that she was coming to my door. I'm talking, I got yeah. husband, house, and kid, but was scared <laughs> that she was coming to my darn house to give me a whooping. Do you hear me? <laughs> my sister, who is about eight years under me, did her own, do her own thing. Yeah. Now, now, she, no she, now I will say this, you know, I, I, I'm real would still say I'm real strict. She doesn't she doesn't talk back and I don't get a whole bunch of whatever you know she thinks I feels from her but uh -huh. there's a way she can say pretty much anything to me but um she's gonna have to be respected because I probably would still slap in the mouth. I would probably slap her in the mouth. I'm not afraid to yeah I ain't even saying <laughs> but like you said she could say whatever she can to I would still skip yeah y'all got weak as y'all got down with these young kids, and I'm standing firm on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you would ne never know. <laughs> you would never know, will you? <laughs> because it's just different. It's not weak. Yes, it is. We got weak. It's hands. weak, lady. Yeah, we got weak. weak. <laughs> we got weak. <laughs> Look, I was, by the time we got to that baby, I was so tired. I ain't want to die. <laughs> Yeah. Uh huh. 
You just got weak. And then I got a brother, and we call him the golden child. He could do no wrong, okay? So it's that's, one that's boy. Just boys. That's just boys in general. Look at that. See, look at that. Because yeah, <laughs> I say the same thing about my brother and my daughters. I only have one son, three daughters. They say the same thing about my Ooh. son. Like he Baby, the golden right child. Listen, if it don't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. That's the way that views the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, look, we got a couple more. We might we, we make at least one more. So, we're talking about uh, why a mother might be jealous of her daughter. And, y'all, I have, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And those of y'all that are still in the chat, I appreciate you all. And please uh, keep commenting. Please keep sharing. Uh, even They can even go back and listen to the replay. Oh, I forgot to tell y'all that don't know. If you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can listen on Spotify, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, and I'll go also Google Podcasts. Yay. You can go to any one of those platforms. You would not see us, but you can hear us. Now, if you want to go back and see any of the former shows, go back, go to my YouTube channel. That's the Intellectual Student James Kirkland, and you can see all of, the, all of our past shows. We've been on since about May. I have shows with my children on there. I have shows uh, with other different guests, and uh, we're trying to take it to another level tonight. That's why I was trying something with this uh, uh, with this whole uh, ladies' night, and it's been fun so far. I appreciate y'all. I really, really appreciate you for making a sacrifice tonight and uh, stay so far. I appreciate you. Okay. Hey, Vanessa and Karen, you always, you know me, and you got a special, special connection. I appreciate you from, from the bottom of my heart. All right, so let's do one more. Let's do one more. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to announce it. She regrets her unfulfilled dreams. She regrets her unfulfilled dreams. Karen, you go ahead and start off with that one for me. Okay, uh, because I, I do believe that when we have our children, there's going to be some times you're going to have to put your dreams on the back burner to be the parent that you need to be for your children. But it doesn't mean your dreams have to go unfulfilled. You mm -hmm. pick life up and right where you dropped it off, you pick it up and you move forward. Um, the sacrifice will come in later on down the road when that child is whatever the child is going to be and you can sleep at night. And when I say sleep at night, I mean, you're not worrying, oh, if I would have done this, or if I had been there more, if I'd have done whatever, whatever, you know, then both of you do well. Both of you sleep at night. Both of you are achieving in life. But when what I have seen, my experience is when parents drop the baby off wherever to move forward with their life, later on down the line, you know, the guilt comes in, which is what you're talking about now. And um, that's not good. It's, it's really not good at all. So, yeah, you in a sense, I can agree with that. She might regret her unfulfilled dreams, but she shouldn't regret it. You should put some dreams on the back burner. If you had a child young, you're going to have to put some dreams on the back burner, but it doesn't mean you leave them there. You pick yeah. them up and you move forward. Because yeah. a dream delayed is not a dream denied. Right. Good, good, good. Yes. I need to put that on the ticker. Hold on. So. Talk about that a little bit more, Faith, if you will, please. Um, like I said, I had my daughter when I was in college and I had to, you know, drop out of college to take care of, you know, my family. And, um, Eventually, I ended up going, you know, back to school and accomplishing the dreams that I had early on. You know, I, it was just at a later date. And a lot of parents are afraid 
you know, once they get to a certain age, they're afraid to go back and revisit those dreams that they may have had or it, or tweak them because it may not be the same dream as we mature. It may be something totally different, but they feel like that they can't go back and revisit. And so now, again, it's playing the victim. I need someone to blame for me not fulfilling my dreams. And that's the crazy thing because they are your dreams. They're no one else's dreams. So if you want to your goals, your aspirations, you have all the time to go back and, and revisit it. But I do believe when you have children, you have to put their dreams, their wants, their needs before yours. And then you can go back. Not that you are putting them, you know, laying them to rest, but you have to think about that child now first. That, that's that what you just said is so critical uh, because so many parents, I believe, I believe so many of us really need to have, I believe a lot of us need our parents in cars is really revoked because we don't do anything to give our children a chance in life. You know what I'm saying? You don't give them any extracurricular activities. You don't, uh, you don't give them, you know, you don't do anything to enhance what's other than just a government, you know, I know your children go to private school or charter school, I mean, but a lot of children go to just regular government school. And, uh, you know, I, I remember when I was real big into, and I'm still am into social justice, but they used to talk about the pipeline from pre-K to prison. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the government, unless you are in the upper echelon of classes in school, they're not really training you how to think. They're not really training you to make good decisions. They're not even really training you to get a, you know, to own a business. All they really do is training you to get a job, you know what I'm saying, and, and stay in this little cyclical a cycle for so long, you know, and never really overachieve. So in, in order for our children to overachieve, we have to introduce them to different things. Like, for instance, my children chose sports. My son chose baseball. Uh, I, I, we might have chosen it for him. No, I, I, I introduced him to it. His second year of playing football, he said, Dad, I don't want to play football. I want to play baseball to get ready for kid pitch. He chose baseball. My daughter, even though I didn't think she was that good at the time, she chose softball and she figured it out and got really good at softball, right? And both of them, you know, my son, baseball paid his way through college. You know, that, that, that did it. So my daughter, she, in her senior year, she said, I don't want to play travel ball no more. I'm, my grades are good, you know, so I'll just take my grades and go to college. Well, she got the Zell Miller scholarship. So you know what the Zell Miller does in Georgia. Uh, uh, phase. So, you know, it pays for almost everything. So she right. got that. So, but what I'm saying is we introduce them to things and even if they didn't carry within the rest of their lives, they carry principles from those things. And those principles apply in other areas of their lives. Your children, you introduce them to track, you introduce them to baseball, you introduce them to, if she says she wanted to be a culinary, go to culinary school, you let her go to culinary school. Uh, and I think those are things that we have to do to give our children an edge, number one, but also to let them let their passion carry them in a direction that's going to be satisfactory for them. Do y'all agree with that? Yes. Yes. I know I said a lot. That was a whole lot right there. <laughs> but that, that whole passion piece, because I think once we really develop what our why is and we develop what our passion is, then I, we can make our passion pay up. It's easy, you know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're going to have a job and then you'll be regretting that job for the rest of your, you know, going there and doing it for the rest of your life. I would much rather do something that I'm passionate, I mean, that I'm passionate about. You know, I don't want to go to work 
and then feel like I'm at work. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to start. That's why I haven't worked a job probably about four years. But he keeps on doing great things. He keeps taking care of me, I promise you, because bills get paid every month. Oh, let me see what Carmita said over here. Carmita said, as a woman, oh, let me put it on the screen. Put it on the screen. As a woman, a lot of times we deal with only. Ask to read that, please. As a woman, a lot of times we deal with female issues by talking to other women and sharing information with other women. I would suggest finding a woman you trust to gu- to help guide your daughter so that your daughter can have someone to talk to about female topics. I like that. I like that. Um, it has to be, the key word she said, it has to be somebody that you trust. Yeah. You can't have somebody that's going to be given opposing y'all help me out on advice um back to um can when y'all were talking about the dream what was the quote oh the regretful uh her regretting the unfulfilled dreams i think a lot of times society um has made us to think that um we should finish college in four years we should um um be at a certain point by 40 or be done completed a certain thing by fit by 45. You should be done on bought your first home at about before, way before 50. So I think these regret uh for the unfulfilled dreams, if it doesn't come along with her thinking, it could come along with what people are saying around them and how far they have progressed. When I first I had I graduated early a year early from high school, went to college I had my daughter in college. I dropped out. I only went to, back to college because I wanted to prove people. Uh, I wanted. I didn't want to be a statistic that I went to school, dropped out, had a baby, didn't go back. I wanted to be an attorney. When I went back to school, I didn't want to do that no more. I, you know, became interested in uh, numbers, and now I want. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to work for a financial institute, and I want to uh, focus on money long. You know, I want to work for corporate security. And so deal and deal with that. But it took one of my good friends to take to sit me down one day because I was like, you know what? I ain't finished, you know, in the amount of time that I, you know, I should have been done by now. And she asked, she looked at me and she asked me, who told you that you had to finish in this amount of time? Because I said, it's taking forever. I don't want to do this no more. And so she said, well, who said it was taking forever? So I think a lot of times we 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 start having these regrets because and, and i keep sometimes and if you look at your my daughter has been my motivation um for a lot of things because when i see her excel it makes me want to excel um when i see her doing things it makes me want to do things not that we're in competition but i want to be the example that she looks at. now she may think that she's looking up to me but i'm actually looking up to her because she keeps going and she keeps excelling but i never look at it like oh you think you such and such so and so cuz you doing x y and z no i want her to look at me as saying when when she gets older and i tell her that at 20 i had a daughter and i dropped out of college and then i went back she'll say, well, you know what? My mother did X, Y, Z. Now, she may not go down the path to have a child at 20, but she will if she ever encounters anything in life to where she wants to give up. She'll say that my mother continued to go on uh, and and other people that are in my family continue to go on and didn't give up on the dream. I've been afforded a lot of opportunities without having this one thing, this, this, this thing that people uh, said I should have finished in 
four years that I didn't finish in four years. So the thing about it is it started becoming, okay, well, I know I had my experience. I, the, the degree was a personal thing for me. Mm-hmm. So um, society has our head me- messed up. I'll say that. But then we have to step away from what societal, um, what the societal quote unquote norms are Uh and figure out what race do you want to run? Right. Um, Because, you know, with my daughter, she went straight through from undergrad law school. She's practicing law, didn't miss a beat. However, I took some time away, Um, you know, and I look at the twins. I have boy, girl twins. My daughter, I could see her going to college right away. Um, my son, he may do a gap year. So, but my thing is, I don't care when you finish, just finish. Decide what you want to do. Run your own race. Because if your timeline is five years, six years, seven years to get, get a degree or not to get a degree at all and maybe go to trade school, you got to run your own race. And don't worry about what anyone else says because you will drive yourself crazy trying to live up to other people's expectations. It's never going to work because you're never going to live up to someone else's expectations. That's true. What about you, Karen? Anything on that, Karen, before we get close out? No, I'm good. (laughs) Hey, uh, Janice said one more thing. Janice, I appreciate you for all your, and Carmita, all you all in the comment tonight. I really appreciate y'all. But Janice said, being raised by a strong woman, my mom demanded I keep going. Just had to switch up the strategy. Dropping out of school was not an option. Quitting was not an option, so I was raised as a go-getter. And I believe that you have also projected that mentality on your children, the children that I have seen. Hey, Josh is on the room. Josh is on the line. And uh, Josh said he's raising a 12-year-old daughter. And he's a single dad. Excuse me, 16-year-old daughter. He's a single uh, He has a single 16-year-old daughter. that's with him full-time. And he has to deal with all of the things that we're talking about. And any, any advice that we can give would help. So my question my admonishment to you josh is to let your questions be known and i will get those questions to the right people because and we'll be happy to try to help you uh help you with some of those things now like i'm not certified i don't have nothing to do with counseling uh ashley Ashley said she just told you what she did for a living karen is a uncertified therapist because she does hair so of course she does She's the best counselor. She's the best therapist. She's a hairstylist. She's a mom five times over, plus she's also a hairstylist. I have years of counseling from when I, in my past life as the first lady, you know. Yeah. yeah, and then she's the first lady, too. Oh, Lord, I forgot. I was with, yeah, and she's uh, her age, too. I ain't going to say what it is, but she, and she's her age. Will you too. get off her age? <laughs> Thank no, you. she Thank said it last week. <laughs> She said it last two weeks. I'm just not going to say I'm let her say it. So Josh said, I had a good relationship with a good woman that was pouring into her and guiding her and helping her with female subjects from 12 to 15. Then that relationship ended. And she noticed a difference in the, uh, in the in his daughter last year. And it's somewhat of a disconnect. Okay, cool. So Josh, get us some of those questions and we'll try to uh, provide answers where, when and where we can. Y'all, this has really been a good conversation. I, I got one more uh, point. Uh, I'm gonna hold it till next week, and then I have hopefully I have some more things to talk about. We might have some. We'll see what panelists we have on next week. Hopefully, we have the same. But we'll see. I'm not gonna obligate, and I can't obligate nobody else's time. But I might. I seriously might play with the time a little bit and try something maybe 30 minutes earlier. Mr. Jimmy, I mean James. Ooh. Sorry. Oh, 
We miss you, Jimmy. Oh, listen, Josh. Why did the relate did the relationship have to end when the relationship ended with you all? And we That's don't know. Yeah, we, we, he probably can't answer that here, but we'll find that maybe that maybe. Yeah, he will. doesn't have to answer here. He can send it to you. But yeah. um, in, in you, reference, you, you're talking about the relationship that the, that, the, that the woman had with his daughter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, yeah. That that uh, he, he's pretty transparent, so he might say. But if yeah. not, we'll figure that out, part out. But either way, we want to make sure that uh, if we can answer some of those questions, we'll get it. She just oh, he said the woman just walked away. Wow. Okay, so that's that's deep. That's deep. But still, you still got we got still got a sixteen year old young lady who needs some guidance. And I and I, I commend you, my friend. Yes. For trying to be there and be there for her. Hey, yeah, we had a good show tonight. Still got eight people on tonight. I appreciate you all for hanging out. I hope that you all got some good information. Karen, Ashley, and Karen, appreciate you for hanging out. Karen does her own show every night for the most part, and she's made a sacrifice. To help me out on this show, and I appreciate it, uh, Ashley. Uh, I know you're going through a lot with uh, the, your personal friends and your coworkers and everything. We're definitely gonna keep you in our prayers. Uh, be strong through this whole situation. Uh, Faye, I hope we gave you some uh, material for your case studies and things that you're doing. <laughs> as you didn't have to give me any. I have plenty. <laughs> plenty. But uh, we appreciate you for your time tonight and uh, for supplying these articles and allowing us to go through those. And I, I hope that we can uh, continue to dive into these issues and issues like these uh, and uh, and continue to spark what I call everyday conversation. Now, like I said, I'll let y'all know. I'll let y'all know what the next show uh, time will be. And uh, hopefully we can revisit this or some variation of it in the very, very near future. So we've had fun. I've enjoyed it. And I look forward to talking to you all again. All right. Y'all have a good night. Remember, as I always tell y'all, the world is changing. Why do you remain the same? Y'all have a good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye.